Hey, City Rev family, welcome to the City Rev Live podcast. If you found yourself here, we want to say welcome. Each week on this podcast, we feature content and conversations that help strengthen your relationship with God and others and equip you to make a difference right where you are. For this summer, we're doing a bit of a throwback series in which we're featuring conversations from previous podcast episodes. Now, we've condensed them a bit to give you just the very best from each of these episodes. We hope this conversation you're going to hear today encourages you in your personal growth and your unique faith journey. And hey, if this conversation is something you enjoy, let us know. We would love to hear from you. Send us a DM on our social media platforms. We'd love your feedback and to hear how this has helped shape this season for you. Enjoy this episode and we'll talk soon, fam. So one time I was praying in front of the entire church and um, I, I meant to say, because Jesus didn't stay in the grave, and I actually said, because Jesus didn't rise from the dead. Oh no. Which pretty much undermines our entire faith. So I think the Bible says that there's no hope for us. How apparently. did you recover? Like, I what was did just you like, do? I mean, no, he, he rose from the dead. I mean, it's just that he didn't, and it was terrible. And everyone just looked at me like, what's wrong with you? You're not even a Christian. How did you open you? your eyes at that point and see what? Yeah, I might as well just said, amen, and just go home. I'm not even going to preach. I mean, it was bad. How about you? If you had a, a preaching, give me a preaching blooper. A or preaching a blo- blooper. Um, so, I, I mean, I've gotten lost, my train of thought lost in prayer before, but the, the preaching blooper that comes to mind, I was preaching in front of an audience of middle and high school students. This was before my time at our church, just for some context. Um, but I was preaching in front of middle school and high school students. And at the end of the message, uh, someone comes up to me and tells me, your fly is down. And it had been down the entire message. Wait, during the message they told Dur- you that? No, at the end of the message. After the whole thing was done. After the whole thing. I don't know what's worse. Somebody stopping me in the middle of it or at the end. But yeah, yeah I was in front of everybody. Literally the worst audience to be yeah, like that school, in front of. school, unforgiving. I've, uh, yeah, they're very unforgiving. So yeah, that was, that was probably a You scarred a some, some students. I think they probably need some therapy after that. So anyway, uh, we're talking about prayer, which I'd like to, I feel like after this, we should pray for that audience. We of should. Middle school and high school <laughs> we students. We need to pray for ourselves. <laughs> pray for ourselves actually as well. So uh, we are talking about when you don't feel like praying, which honestly, as Christians, uh, there this is a, a part of, of life. In fact, when you, read authors on prayer, like some of yeah. the giants of who teach on prayer historically, this is a dynamic that every Christian at some point faces and it can be very discouraging and, and it doesn't necessarily need to be. It's, it's something that when we know that this is part of the experience, we can push through this. And so maybe just speak a little bit to that dynamic of yeah. when you don't feel like praying. Yeah, I remember I was uh, having an opportunity to have breakfast with this uh, pastor, uh, season in ministry who was uh, pastoring in Romania and also the president of a large mm. seminary in Romania. And he had uh, helped establish seminary training during uh, the communist Soviet Union era. Wow. So underground Bible schools training pastors. And this incredible man of God who loved the Lord. And I, I asked him, you know, what's his prayer life like? And he shared with me and I was, you know, I was overwhelmed. It is the kind of prayer life you would think yeah. for someone who uh, is in that way. And then I asked him, well, do you ever have like dry seasons or is it all this mountaintop, like glory cloud descending type experience in prayer? And he goes, yes, all the time. Wow. All the time. And that so encouraged me because I, I think all of us, we, we experience dry seasons of prayer. 
We experience those, those mm. lulls. And I think it's in those moments God teaches us perseverance, mm. teaches us uh, some things. And um, that's where in some ways we, we just don't have to be, don't be ashamed of allowing discipline to kick in and uh, persisting in prayer and continuing in prayer when we don't feel like it. Because I've had those moments where I get down to pray and about 23 seconds later, I'm like, all right, I think that's all I've got. I don't think I have anything else on the brain. Again, yeah. I know you've never had an experience like that because you pray for three hours, <laughs> yes. but that's me. No, I, I can relate. Uh, there are just times, I remember one time um, I sat down in the morning. That's when I set aside my, my quiet time first thing, get a cup of coffee. And I remember sat, I sat down in the chair in the living room and about 20 minutes later, I realized I had been sitting there just staring, <laughs> like catatonically, I hadn't even moved. And my coffee was cold. I'm like, Lord, I don't even, did anything happen? Like, did I, was I alive for the last 20 minutes? And so, yeah, I, I've had those moments too. And that's, that's a, that is a challenge. So like talk through some of the tools or talk through how should we be thinking about prayer? Right, right. Well, here's the, the first thing that I would start off. I, I read a, a really helpful book uh, by Tim Keller. It's called Prayer. I highly recommend it. Um, and one of the clarifying uh, truths that he kind of just talks about in that book is uh, prayer is not so much us initiating a conversation with God. It's more us responding to a conversation God has initiated with us. Wow. He's revealed himself in his word. He's told us who he is, what he's done for us in Christ. He's revealed himself. And so we respond to the one who spoke first, just as... Uh, you know, God loved us first, so we respond in love. In the same way, prayer is our response to a conversation God started. And so that's why what's been so helpful and really one of the tools that the Bible gives us in our tool belt of prayer is this idea of meditation hmm. and a meditation in the sense of taking God's word and filling our minds with it. Yeah, because when you say meditation, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is like yoga, okay? Like I think of someone doing like Tai Chi on the beach. Um, so when you're talking about, and I think more of like Eastern religions, so okay, yeah. speak to meditation as far as a Christian practice. Is that even, is it biblical? Is, you know, what, what, what is that? What are we talking about? So I remember being a teenager in my um, abuela's backyard and I remember uh, sitting on the trampoline and uh, folding my legs like in a yoga pose and having my fingers like in the, in the meditation pose. Oh boy. And my abuela coming outside and, and you know, and saying some nice words in Spanish to me, to which I will not repeat on this uh, podcast. But she was basically saying that is not of God, you know, to right. do that. And I was being a silly teenager. I, I wasn't, you know, I was just being silly. I was going, oh, you know, to right. that to be funny. But I, I'm with you. I think for many of us, we think of meditation uh, or mindfulness has kind of made this really uh, prominent swing back in our culture, this idea of, mm. of emptying your mind of thoughts of releasing all of the thoughts away from your mind and getting in touch with yourself, you know, feeling the sense of self of who you are. And really Eastern meditation or new age, uh, even some of the new age teaching on meditation is that, is trying to unload all the thoughts, all the desires, unload, get rid of all of those things and quiet your mind. And that's the opposite of what we're talking about when we talk about Christian meditation. So uh, in fact, the Bible describes it in Psalm 1, the very first psalm in this prayer book, uh, this incredible book that really is the Bible's handbook for how to pray. How to pray. Psalm 1 says that the blessed person, the happy person, meditates on God's word day and night. 
And so what it looks like to meditate is to fill your mind with truth, wow. to take God's word, to fill your mind, to think through it, to, uh, to take that word, that truth that God has revealed about himself, spend time just allowing yourself to look at that truth from every single angle, thanking God for that reality, spending time thinking through, what does this mean for my life? What does this mean for how I live? Yeah, that's so good. So Eastern meditation is clearing your mind of all thoughts to get in touch with yourself whereas Christian biblical um, meditation is filling your mind with the truths of God to connect with God. And so, okay, so speak a little bit more to that. Speak to, uh, is there like a passage in scripture in particular that you go to? We're gonna, I think, talk about Psalm 103. How does Psalm 103 yeah. play into when I don't feel like praying and, and how to fill my mind with the things of God? Yeah, that's great. So um, one of the things that I know, it's a cue for me. If I feel like, if I don't feel like praying, or if I'm in the place where I'm like 23 seconds in and I've got nothing left, it is a cue for me. All right, I, I'm, I'm, I've disordered some things. I need a reset. And uh, what's powerful about Psalm 103, the passage you just mentioned, is it's right there in the book of Psalms. Uh, so many of the Psalms are prayers. Uh, some of them are um, used for corporate worship. Uh, some of them are more personal. Some of them are laments where people are pouring out their, their struggles and their frustrations before God. Uh, but what's powerful about Psalm 103 is it's not really a prayer as much as it is a meditation. So the author is commanding his own soul to praise the Lord. So he's having this self-talk, uh, talking to himself. So, um, you know, I, I'd imagine if, if somebody saw David, who's the author of this psalm, just talking to himself, yeah. that might've been a, a weird, awkward moment yeah. in antiquity. <laughs> Or, or in modern times as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, let me just read through this before we do that. I love what you just said. Sometimes the Psalms, when we don't have the words, I think one of the purposes of the Psalms is to yeah. give us the words to pray to God. I know there's been times that I have just felt like, God, there's so much going on in my heart and my mind. I just can't even, it's like too much to give words to. And I've gone to a Psalm that it felt like it was words uh, from, like that, it was like my soul was speaking through that psalm, and I think that's yeah. miraculously, divinely inspired. That's why the psalms are it, it, the Bible is living. It's a living, breathing. It's it's empowered by the Holy Spirit in our yeah. lives. Um, it, it's not living in the sense that it's like an organism, but it's living in the sense that it's empowered by the Holy Spirit to give us those words. So, but let's jump into Psalm yeah. 103. Let me just start off. I'll read the first couple of verses. Here's what it says: Psalm 103, verse one. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So good. Um, so I, I look at this passage, and I think what might be just helpful for us in this time mm -hmm. is just to kind of break down what we're observing. Um, we talk about using the SOAP method at our church. We, we've shared that uh, through other venues. There's resources for that on our website. The SOAP method is how to study the Bible on your own, uh, reading yeah. through um, SOAP. Just go hit the four. So, so scripture, S, scripture, O, observation, A, application, P, prayer. So we'll just go through kind of using similar yeah, observations. Yeah, so we're just gonna make some observations from the passage. This is what I encourage you to do as you're studying the Bible. So uh, I want you to notice, first of all, who the author is addressing. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. So the audience of this address is himself. Right. He's saying, hey, soul, right now you're not doing this. I want you to do this. He's That's basically good. in this place where you might say, David might've been in a place when this is authored, he's inspired by the Holy Spirit to author this, where he didn't feel like praising the Lord. So he needed to tell his soul, 
to praise the Lord. So he does that. And then he talks about the benefits of God. So he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, in verse two. And he says, forget not all his benefits. Hmm. There's a forgetting problem. We have this problem, all of us do. We forget the benefits of God, what he's already blessed us with. Uh, and so whatever the situation is in our present, we're so quick to forget what God has done in the past. Wow, okay. And so, and then I, uh, it looks like he's going to start listing some of those benefits That's here. right, so let's keep reading. Okay, so go to verse three. Who forgives all your iniquity and who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So here he's taking this idea. He's telling his soul to bless the Lord. And then here he lists these different benefits that God has given us. So he's forgiven wow. all our iniquity. Um, like we could just pause there. And if you wanna talk about meditation, wow. you could just take your entire time of observing and applying scripture to just that phrase. Think about that. All of your faults, all of the times you've blown it, all of the times you've prioritized yourself and sacrificed someone else, all of the times that you've um, had idols that you loved more than God, all the times you've lied and cheated or stolen or whatever, he forgives all our iniquity. Whatever means that we, we get healing, we experience healing, God is the ultimate source of that healing who redeems your life from the pit. And so what he's doing in this is he's just starting to list off who God is. Remember who it is that you're currently praying to and wanting to praise. He has all these benefits. And so here in these verses, he's just flooding his mind with God's truth as it's revealed. Yeah, I can already see how this is kind of a framework if I'm stuck in prayer it starts kind of jogging my mind of things to start meditating on in prayer. Uh, let me pick it up in verse six. Uh, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. So here in this, uh, these few verses, it's a reference back to their history. So the first few verses, he lists off the benefits of the Lord, describing who God is. He's the one who satisfies us. He's the one who crowns us with steadfast love. And here what David does is he recalls his heritage. Mm. He says, let me remember, soul, that God worked righteousness and justice when my people were oppressed. Wow. When we were enslaved, when we were the ones who were in Egypt and, and a Pharaoh was ruling over us, God worked righteousness and justice. And he made known his ways to Moses, uh, his acts to the people of Israel. So he's recalling how in the past, God has been faithful. Yeah. In moments of difficulty, in moments of, of fear, God has shown himself faithful and able and capable. And then I love this in verse eight, he hits on the name of God. When, when God revealed his name to Moses, the Lord, the Lord, you know, slow to anger, abounding wow. in this covenant love, this steadfast love. So here it's all tying into who God has revealed himself to be and what he's done in the past. If he's been faithful in the past, he'll be faithful now. Uh, the justice one is huge. And I mean, again, we could hang on any one of these verses for the entire time of this podcast. Right. But I mean, just knowing the God who is the author of justice cares more about justice than I do. That's right. And so sometimes I feel like there's been such an injustice in my life and just stopping to meditate on if he invented it, <clears throat> excuse me, if he invented it, he cares more about justice than even we do. So, all right, let's keep going here. Verse 10, 
He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgression from us, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. So here you can see, so in the progression of this psalm, he starts by commanding his own soul to bless the Lord. And it's almost like David is starting to get revved up with joy and starting to overflow, realizing, you know, he lists off the benefits of the Lord. He reminds himself of how God has been faithful and working righteousness and justice in the past. He made known his ways to Moses. And then he just gets off with these beautiful metaphors and he starts describing God's love and his mercy and forgiveness with these metaphors that are so powerful. Just look, look at the passage. It says in verse 11, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love That's towards beautiful. those who fear him. It's this beautiful imagery. And just to give you some context, uh, I, I looked this up the other day, that astronomers have found uh, the farthest star that we're able to see through the Hubble telescope is nine billion light years away, nine billion light years. Wow. Uh, so that means that the time that it takes for light to travel, the, or I should say, the distance that light travels in one year is 5.9 trillion miles. So that's one light year. And so nine billion light years away, there's this star. And from what we know of the universe, it's this expanding universe. There's stars so far away, we can't even have a concept of how far they are. The numbers are so astronomical, uh, no pun intended. But here's the imagery. As high as the heavens are above the earth, that distant star, billions of galaxies away, as high as the heavens are, so great is God's steadfast love. The universe isn't big enough to contain his love for little tiny people like us on this little tiny planet in our little tiny solar system, in our little tiny galaxy. And, and so this passage just evokes in us this awe, like, wow, God loves me that much. And then as far as the East is from the West, and Roby, you're a preacher, preach it. I mean, East and West, tell us, what's the preacher line? Yeah, so I mean, the preacher line is, uh, you know, East goes in one direction, West goes another direction. They never meet, you know, they just go on. They're, they're poles, they're polar mm -hmm. opposite con conceptually. Um, you know, the idea is he's washed our sins away permanently and um, he's removed it, it from us. And so, uh, man, I, I do love this, this psalm. Let me just read through the rest of it. And yeah, then go for uh, it. this is just so beautiful. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field for the wind passes over it and it is mm. gone. And it is, its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Wow. So I love the progression in this psalm. He starts by talking to his own soul. And at the end of this, after he's worked it all out, he's now inviting everyone and everything to bless the Lord along with him. And that's the nature of what God has given us in meditation, when we can take our minds and fill ourselves with his truth. And so I just want to say, for those who are listening or watching, and you may be in a dry place right now, and you can relate to this idea of not feeling like praying. And I want to just lay before you this passage, a passage like this, Psalm 103, 
Uh, Listen to how one pastor put it about this particular chapter. He says, there is too much in this Psalm for a thousand pens to write. It's one of those all comprehending scriptures, which is a Bible in itself. And it might alone almost suffice for the hymn book of the church. That's Charles Spurgeon on this chapter of the Bible. And so this is worth a lifetime meditating on these truths, meditating on these realities. So take your soap method, take your word habit engagement where you're observing and applying. That's what that is. You're, you're meditating on this truth. You're thinking it out, thinking through the implications of all this. And that completely reshapes the way then we pray about all the other things that are going on in our life. Well, well put. And uh, my, the takeaway for me when I don't feel like praying, fill my mind with scripture let that kind of be the the till the soil for what I pray. Yeah. And Pastor Justin, you've given us uh, Psalm 103. Appreciate that um, for this particular and uh, one particular amazing psalm to do that with. And so, any closing thoughts you have for us? Yeah, well, just one last thing before we close. I, I would say I've found what's helpful about starting your time of prayer by reflecting on who God is praising Him, doing adoration like Jesus instructs us in the Lord's Prayer. Hallowed be Your name. Uh, what I've found to be helpful is that then when I get into my requests, then when I talk to Jesus about my daily bread, my daily needs, when I talk to him about all that's happening in my life, I don't see God's character through the lens of my circumstances. I see my circumstances through the lens of God's character. I start talking to the Lord about my struggles, my worries. I start talking to the Lord about the needs in my life through the lens of the praise I've just offered before him, that he's in control that he's good, he's merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. And so I'll just lay that before you as a tool um, to give you encouragement and hope as you pray. So when you get stuck in your prayers, when you don't feel like praying, uh, dig into the scripture, read a Psalm, read a Psalm like 103 and Psalm 103 and and let it just uh, jog loose some praise about who God is, start with his character. Well, hey, thank you for joining us on this episode of the City Rev Life podcast. So glad you joined us and we hope that you join us again for another episode. Thank you for joining us on City Rev Life. You can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review wherever you're listening to this. And we love it when you share it with your friends on social media. For more videos and content, go ahead and check us out at cityrev.org slash podcast or download our City Rev Church app. Have a great day.